Welcome to the Las Vegas Phil Food and Social Podcast, where we cover topics related to the current social media scene regarding food with some of the most popular accounts around the city and talk about their success in Sin City and beyond. I'm your host, Philip Zhang, aka Las Vegas Phil, F-I-L-L. Check me out on IG or TikTok and feel free to email me anything at lasvegasphil at gmail.com. Hey everyone, welcome to the newest episode of the podcast. A little different this week as we are featuring several members of Jump Force. For a lot of people, um, social media is the dream job. And the last time I talked to some of my friends, kids at a family get together, all of them said they wanted to be YouTubers or TikTokers. And then in this episode, we're going to kind of talk with some of Vegas's best and brightest, really living the social media dream and talking about how they've done this and what it takes to do it. We'll explore some of the inner workings of Jump Force, the biggest social media company in Vegas and how they operate. And I also wanted to thank my wife, Ayumi, for having this idea for the podcast episode. Paul Ryu, Mindy Rogers, and Jeremy Witt parlayed their talents over two years ago and started Jump Force, handling multiple clients with countless success, success stories from local mom and pop restaurants to national lifestyle and food and beverage brands. Uh, some like Station Casinos, Jonga with their very memorable sushi burgers, Island Flavor, Taco Taco, Rachel's Kitchen. There are so many ways to run social media. My wife and I handle pretty much everything ourselves, but there's definitely proof in the power of numbers. And there's an elite cast uh, who we have here that do this. And I consider myself kind of a, fr a friend with benefits uh, with Jump Force. And, uh, <laughs> and, uh, and then during Paul's episode on the, of the podcast in episode four, he was extremely effusive in his praise of the team, shouting out several people that we're featuring here. Obviously, with social media these days, there is no traditional path to doing this. Uh, so we're just going to kind of show that right off the bat with these members, introducing themselves and talking about what they did before joining Jump and uh, what led them to do what they're doing now. Um, so we're going to go kind of in order. Tyler, if you could kind of introduce yourself and talk about maybe what you were doing before you were at Jump. Hi, I'm Tyler. Before Jump, I delivered pizzas, actually. <laughs> I've actually, I, I've always kind of been into photography, so it was a hobby. Paul starting Jump was kind of uh, partway through our friendship, so I kind of saw him being a foodie before in the beginning of Instagram, but I just really do all of the not iPhone stuff, the <laughs> DSLR and, you know, like product photography, any kind of DSLR video stuff, so... But yeah, before I just, I was a pizza delivery guy. I just liked photography. <laughs> okay. What's your favorite kind of pizza? Oh man. I, that, that depends on like the region. Like what's my favorite kind of New York pizza or my favorite kind of Chicago pizza. I would say New York cheese pizza, Bronx pizza from San Diego has been on my mind lately. All right, cool. Cool. All right. Uh, next up in the round table, we have Sophia fan, AKA Sophia food fan. Food is her middle name. Sophia, do you mind uh, introducing yourself? Yes, absolutely. So, uh, Sophia Food Fan is actually my new username. I used to be Taste of Vegas. I worked in entertainment for many years, and during the pandemic, I was looking for a new job. And Phil, I ran into Phil one day, and he was just like, "Hey, what's up?" And I'm like, "I'm actually looking for a job." And he was like, "Go talk to Paul." And I'm like, "Who's Paul?" And it's like, he's like, "It's Ryu Scott." So I looked him up, and then set up a meeting, and Paul brought me in. And we sat down and he was like, you can come do some sort of social content for us. And we didn't know exactly what that meant, but 
we um, decided to do Facebook ads. So I went into Facebook ad training. I knew absolutely nothing about Facebook ads. Um, and after doing some training, we just went with it. And today it's a year later and I'm still doing Facebook ads for Junk Force. So uh, it's all really exciting. And then um, now I'm actually back at the Cosmopolitan as well. So I'm just doing that full time. But here we are. Awesome. Thanks for being here. Awesome to have you. Thank you for having me. Uh, next up, we got uh, Tony Ryan, a.k.a. Oligato, um, with over 18K on IG. What were you doing before uh, Jump? I was actually in luxury real estate. I was a transaction coordinator full-time. I did that for over six years. And I honestly always had, you know, a foodie heart. And I've always done Yelp and all the fun food stuff on the side. But I finally decided maybe real estate isn't my passion. So I decided to quit my job and my first day ever with Jump Force, my first day walking into the office was day one of COVID lockdown last year. So I literally walked in the office and nobody was here, <laughs> but it was nice. It's a great office here. It's clean. They feed me a lot of snacks and soda and it's a cool little crash pad. Just come here, you know, set up, post, and not really have to see anybody. So that was pretty cool. Yeah. One thing that I see from the outside is, you know, everyone seems to get along with everyone and clicks really well and really knows how to work together. The office seems like a super fun place to be. And I think that's generally the idea in social media that, that if you work in this, it's not office work or nine to five. It's just kind of a, a whole different thing. And next up, we got uh, Julie Kim, a.k.a. Jules Kim, three M's, uh, with over 11K on TikTok and 10K on IG. Uh, Julie, what were you doing before Jump? Um, prior to Jump, I was the area director of um, operations and marketing for the largest network of chiropractic offices. I met Paul at a marketing conference, I think, two years ago. And we really hit it off. We kind of stayed in touch there. And then I moved to Denver right before the pandemic. And throughout 2020, I kind of did some soul searching. I got in a new relationship and I just realized that I didn't want to be in Denver anymore. I wanted to go back to Vegas. I just kind of had this realization like many people that I didn't want to do anything that didn't make me happy anymore. So I moved back to Vegas, wasn't looking for a job. I didn't have any intention of looking for a job. I was just going to help my fiance with his suit business. And then also focus on our podcast, which is kind of on a hiatus right now. Shout out to Get Wood Pod. Get Wood Pod. Um, woo woo. <laughs> What's up, Kelly? And, um, you know, Paul and Jeremy reached out to me about just kind of taking on more with Jump. And I just thought it was really good timing. And I decided to come on board full time. Finally, last but not least, Emily Romero, a.k.a. Eat Me Las Vegas, who was actually the first guest on my podcast uh, 19 weeks ago um, oh with God. over 85K on IG and 48K on TikTok. Emily, why don't you give us a little bit of an idea of what you were doing before you joined Jump? Um, I, th I think I mentioned a little during the last podcast, but um, I was working in marketing and communication, a lot of project management. So, And I've been doing this on the side, this Instagram, social media stuff on my own. And I've been seeing everybody around me. I know, I know I've known you for over a decade. I, I've known Paul for a really long time. I don't think any of us ever knew what anyone else did. So one day he kind of just asked me like, what do you do for a living? And he was like, after he heard, he's like, that's exactly what we need here. 
Um, so I kind of just made the jump and I've been here for over two years now. Awesome. Like I mentioned before, there are different ways that, that people do social media and they're, what I found interesting with jump is kind of how you guys set up uh, specifically with account management. The traditional thinking had been in the past was where one person would run everything about the accounts yet uh, you guys opt to divvy up the work, which I think is a great idea. Just in case something comes up, uh, you always have someone else that can cover and things like that. Do you mind shedding some light of one of you guys to shed some light on how an account is run through jump? Well, I, it's, it's more of a productized model. Um, we've worked, we've kind of been working towards it being more of an agency type organization. So, you know, we do divvy up each of the, the tasks for each job and we find the person who's the right role for each of those. Um, you know, I'm the head of the production for the most part. Um, Julie is the head of the client services. Obviously there is some uh, crossover. There's quite a few clients that I actually handle the client services for and vice versa. Um, and then as far as each of the tasks, we just find the right person for creating content. We have the right, the, you know, depending on what the deliverables for each client are. And then we have find someone who fits the right for that role of posting, et cetera. Obviously there is some overlap as far as who's creating content, who's posting, but you know, we do try to keep it very organized so that anyone could come in and assist with any account if they're needed to be. So say for example, for a new restaurant that comes in, there will be a client services person and then the content creators themselves. Yeah, so typically how it goes is there's a client services person, there's an account executive, that's typically the one that sets up the account and brings that account in. Then you have production in terms of production management and actually posting. And we usually have some um, content assistance as well. But I find that doing it that way, like Emily said, it's so much better because everybody kind of has ownership with that account and there's more accountability. You can share the responsibility as well. And then I find that the client finds more value with having, you know, a team of five people who are helping them on this one account versus just one person trying to do everything. And it helps, I think, keep the account fresh. There's always multiple sets of eyes on it. So everyone can have some input and you can always try new things and see what's working, see what's not and kind of reset from there. Yeah, I can see that. So Tony, you're primarily uh, like the creator, the producer? Uh, I primarily do account management. Okay. I mean, Unicorn, I do it all. <laughs> okay. I like to, to keep my hands in a lot yeah. of creative aspects in the company. So I like to do create, you know, content creation, photography. Um, I came in pretty new, but I was able to learn a lot from just everyone around me. You know, everyone's very helpful. And also just watching them, how they succeed on their own feeds, that also has helped me be able to incorporate that in everything that I do. And then with how does Facebook ads incorporated with all this? Is it is it a completely separate thing or is it part of everyone's campaign or... I am the only person who actually runs Facebook ads inside of Jumpforce currently. Um, but basically, we all play a helping hand in creating content for the ads. Um, so when I'm about to push out an ad, I will go through everyone's content and find the best video that works for it. And then I usually work with Emily and Julie and finding the right caption for it. Um, and then Paul will kind of 
uh, kind of baby me through all of the budgeting for it. And um, we just send the results to the clients afterwards and we just pivot from there, make changes. Obviously TikTok has changed everyone's lives in the last year as far as for marketing and all that. How has it changed for, for you guys and where do you feel like where things are as of now? Uh, it's definitely been a big part of um, our production going forward. Um, we've done, I mean, most of our clients, if they aren't already uh, on TikTok or we're not helping them manage their TikTok, they're definitely interested in discussing it. So it's something that we're constantly having to, you know, connect with the clients on and uh, discuss what options they'd like or what they need for their, for their business. So we've been incorporating that quite a bit. And then particularly with DSLR in Vegas, Tyler, who uses, is basically there for, for all the professional photography stuff using real photo equipment, unlike me <laughs> and the lights. <laughs> I feel like TikTok is better for professional video than Instagram, at least in Vegas. How has that changed how you work? How has TikTok affected that? I should preface this by saying I'm not, I don't post on any accounts for anyone. I literally just make content for other people. Um, so I, I definitely have gotten more requests for TikTok content in the format and more feedback um, on TikTok stuff in general. But personally, it's really just, I guess, vertical content versus horizontal content for me as a DSLR creator. Um, I think that there's probably a need for both um, in the long run, but vertical is going to is definitely the more popular way to go right now. So t things like TikTok um, and Instagram Reels and even like IGTV and stuff uh, for DSLR is it's, it's it, it was difficult at first, but you'll you'll start to see a lot of a lot of DSLR creators turning their camera sideways and just <laughs> and shooting just kind of like a phone because that's how people view it. So I wouldn't say like the process hasn't changed too much, but it just you just I've really just turned everything sideways for TikToks. I, I would say is like the biggest change. And what's everyone's feeling about Instagram saying they're getting away from picture posting and all that? I mean, Emily and I had talked about this on a previous podcast where I kind of thought photos were dead. Professional photography, at least on social media, was dead. What are you guys' feelings on that? And I did think about that after we did have that discussion. Um, and I agree with you. Like As far as my own account, I don't utilize photos nearly as often. Uh, but I still think that they're valuable as far as client pages. Um, they still often have much more engagement. It just depends on what we're showcasing. They still do have value, I think, as of this moment in time. Um, but yeah, as far as my own page, I don't utilize photos nearly as often. <laughs> I agree with Emily and excuse my dog. This being so <laughs> um, I agree with Emily in that I feel like photos still have a place. And you know how everyone's saying like, oh, um, attention spans are so short now and you need to captivate the audience within the first three seconds. And I feel that way about myself. I have a really short attention span and sometimes videos, I just don't want to watch even three seconds. So just looking at a picture for me for some accounts, I think is better than a video. So I still think that they have their place. And then Sophia, you were, when we initially met, you were using DSLR exclusively, right? Correct. So when I first started my food blog, I was exclusively shooting on DSLR. Um, I come from, from a photography background and I just like the quality of the photos and 
I was sacrificing likes for the quality, I would say, on my food page, because as soon as I switched and started using my phone for content, it changed dramatically and I gained a ton more followers. But I think it just depends on your audience, to be honest. Um, something like a food blogger might benefit from using their phone for content because um, it's that point of view. They want to see the food right in their face. Um, versus sometimes there are restaurant clients that benefit better with a DSLR photo because they're going for a look and feel and their audience might be more geared to go to their profile to scroll through and look at all of the photos versus just one single post. Um, so I think for a food blogger, the phone is definitely better. But like everyone can say on here, it just depends on the client whether or not we would include DSLR. Yeah, I think I think that um, a lot of it is the difference between what if people want a personal experience when they're on uh, social media or like a cinematic, you know, or a, a, like a branded garnered experience. A lot of the, the stuff that I make with, coming from DSLR is specifically known going to be like on into print or an ad versus the foodies who are posting their own personal perspective. So you can't really like trick people into thinking that DSLR content is personal and vice versa. So I really think it's based on what is needed. We have like clients who really need a lot of branded content, but they also need a lot of influencer push. And that's where the, the phone content does, does the best because it's a more personal experience, I think, than a cinematic video, even if it's the exact same thing. And I yeah. think sometimes we're thinking from a perspective because we have, we do primarily do food, but we have been kind of moving into other spaces as well, non-food spaces. And sometimes right. that does require a different type of content. Yeah. And I, I see from the website, I mean, you, you've listed law firms on there as clients and, and recently been working with uh, some lifestyle brands and brought in some new blood uh, into the jump like Talls and JT Takes a Bite. So if you don't mind kind of going into food related marketing and stuff like clothing, um, is the approach just completely different? I, I feel like so. a lot more time consuming. Okay. Yeah. Front loading on content. For yeah. Sure. Yeah. More <laughs> creativity goes right. into it. I feel like more planning. I think it's our personal experience too. A lot of us have, were foodies first. And so we kind of already know how to do the foodie thing really well. And so now it's kind of uh, switching those skills over to non-food things, which I think is a big benefit for jumping like in general, because we take a, a different perspective into other industries but the food thing i think is a lot easier just because i mean emily's been a foodie for how long and tony's been a foodie for five plus years and sophie has been a foodie for you know you've been how long have you been a foodie for phil you know kind of thing whereas right. now that we're doing like a, a law firm is not like a restaurant so we kind of have to a think about how we want to film that and b think about how that would uh, correlate to our foodie experience yeah. I mean, even though it's just food, I mean, we all know how to take photos and edit. Like, yeah. I think all of us could do a sneaker ad if we had to. It would just be quite different. <laughs> but yeah, that'd be interesting to see. And then also, I noticed you guys are doing uh, something with Illuminate, which is a show, right? Yeah. It is. It's a, a new show that's coming. Um, they were on America's uh, Got Talent, and now they are coming to the Strip at the Strat. Uh, they are starting, um, I believe it's the 20, is it the 26th? Yeah, 26th. 
So that one's been very exciting. That's been very new to us, but we have enjoyed the whole process and the learning curve hasn't been as steep as we had anticipated. And it's just been kind of a fun experience interacting with the dancers, working with so many different teams, PR teams, production teams, um, lots and lots of meetings. But um, I think the end result has been really great for social. Tyler created this video. Yes. So from beginning, I mean, I can't even imagine trying to shoot this, but how long did this take from beginning to end? Uh, this one actually uh, didn't take me too long, maybe five hours. Um, I, I honest, all this footage was shot in maybe like an, an hour or two from uh, one of the run-throughs. And then, I mean, the editing is, 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 it takes as long as you want it to. You can make a video in 30 minutes, or I'm sure you know that, you know, you can do it 30 minutes or eight hours. It just really depends on how detailed you want to get. But I mean, specifically for like brands like this, we try to at least make it look like at the next level of professionalism over like what your average person can make. So I'd say, yeah, beginning to end, this is like a, a five hour edit, not my longest, but not my shortest. And was this done at the jump office? It was, it was done at home. I have, I have, uh, since COVID, I kind of switched the, my editing setup to a home setup. So I, I, even, even though we're kind of back in office, I still, I still edit at home. It's quieter here and I have faster okay. internet. I mean, by shooting the guys, they didn't, these guys came to your home. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> oh, 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 no, sorry. Yeah, the, the shooting of it, that was actually, no, they were in a, like a, a sound studio or like a rehearsal studio um, in town. And we, they were, they were, they were, they've been rehearsing there. I think they're, they're rehearsing in the Strat Theater now. Yeah. But we, when we, when we filmed it, it was just at a, like a random rented studio that they had darked out. Yeah. Obviously you guys have been diversifying. Um, what do you guys foresee for the future of Jump and, and kind of your role in, in all of this? I think that, you know, our core is always going to be very food porn driven. We love food here in this office. So I think that we'll we'll stick around with the food. But I think the future also is very, very exciting with, you know, fashion brands and entertainment brands and medical brands. And I see that going to call for a lot more experts that we're looking for. And I know Emily would, can definitely chime in on that one. Yeah, we're always looking for people. I mean, we, we really, we have our core group that work, you know, full time on the on the Jump Force brand, but we work with so many influencers. As you know, Phil, we work with you. We work with pretty much anyone and we're always open um, to talking to anyone because we're always on the lookout for that talent, for that content, for account posters, for anything. So, you know, we will talk to anyone. If anyone's interested and has a, a drive, to be a part of that and to like learn or grow, we definitely want to work with them. I would say that um, when I first started at Jump, it was during the pandemic. And so a lot of us were working from home or we would split up days that we were in the office so we weren't crowding up the office. Um, but as everything is starting to open up again and we have more and more clients who are coming to us because their business is booming and they just want to take the next step in marketing, um, what we're seeing is that like our team is kind of getting spread thin now. We're like, you know, we have so many clients and we need to be in so many places. And so that's the reason why bringing in so many people is so that we can, you know, diversify our team and be in multiple places at once. So I think that's a really cool thing for us coming up. Okay, cool. So yeah, people at UNLV try to figure out what they're doing afterwards. Uh, what's the best way for someone like that to get? They can always reach out to us on DM on, on our Jump Force Instagram, 
or they can reach out to, uh, at info at jumpcourse.com. Uh, we get a lot of people reaching out actually, and we and we chat with pretty much all of them. I know right before the pandemic, we did do a presentation at UNLV um, talking about social media, talking about you know uh, what we do and kind of the whole direction of um, our business. And we talked to a lot of uh, marketing students that were there, and so many of them reached out and were so interested in learning more and being a part of it and just you know, interacting with us in some way because they were either already doing it on their own personal time or were looking to get into it. So, you know, we, we love that and we definitely want to talk to them. And then of the people that have approached you or brought stuff, you know, to DM you about, how much of it is trash, to be honest? And then what do they need to do? What do they need to be better at to get their foot in the door? Is it video editing? Is it not being a, an idiot or what, what is I can it? definitely chime in on this. So I came in to Jump Force and I sat down and had a meeting with Paul and Jeremy. And Jeremy was like looking at my numbers and he was just like, this girl has 10, only has 2000 followers on Instagram. She's never done Facebook ads. And he was like, I didn't realize we were bringing a rookie into the team. Like, what am I gonna do with her? And I was like, well, um, <laughs> so Paul was like, you as a person, you need to prove to us that you have the ability to help us build accounts. And so he's like, the first thing you need to do is work on your own account. If you can't build your own account, you probably can't build other accounts with us. And so, I mean, now my account is almost to 10K. And then when TikTok became a thing, Paul's like, you need to jump on TikTok, be the first on there, build the account. It doesn't matter if it's good or bad content right now, just see how the, the platform works. And then uh, we can pivot from there. And so I would say, like, to anybody who wants to become a foodie or who wants to jump and you know, join Jump Force, I would just say work on your own accounts and build it from there. And somebody is going to notice, like, whether it's Jump Force or any other influencer, they're going to notice you and they're going to reach out to you potentially. Absolutely. Well, yeah, you'll probably get reached out to by all the restaurants that we work for before if we reach out to you if you work on your account that well. <laughs> And then also Jump Force has the photo shoot studio. Um, I've seen you guys do a bunch of stuff there. The, the Get Wood podcast was done in there. Can you talk about a little bit about renting that out? Uh, yeah, I, mean, I guess it's, it's just a space that's we have. I mean, when we got our, our office, we wanted a space to be able to create higher end uh, video content and, and photo content and having a psych wall or what the, the white wall that everyone's kind of seen in the videos was a, was a goal. Um, but you can rent it out through Peer Space, which is just an it's an app. It's like Airbnb for rental spaces. It's it, it's one of there's there's you know there's kind of studios like that all over town. It's it's really just an extra benefit that we have as an agency to create content for ourselves, and then we like to kind of share it with other people. It's not like the craziest outfitted studio in town or anything. It's just it's it you know it's just a benefit for us. But not many foodies get the chance to shoot in like a, a, a white. A white wall opportunity, so it adds it adds texture to our content, I'd say. And then from people from the outside looking in, I mean, I've seen some of the jump, you know, foodie shoot schedules where you guys are doing four restaurants, five restaurants plus throughout a day. I mean, how does I mean, who sets that up? How does it all work? Do you guys eat everything at each place? What's going on? I probably am guilty of scheduling more most of that stuff. But yeah, we do try to not overbook ourselves because um, we want to get, you know, 
allow everyone to have a, enough time to get the content that they need um, at each place we go. But, um, you know, there are moments when we do have to have a couple of shoots in one day. Um, but for the most part, yeah, I mean, it's kind of anyone's welcome to join if they would like to get some content. Um, but we do need, like, you know, the people who are on that production for that particular client uh, to come in and get content. And then I think I forgot the half, next half of your question. <laughs> we need the food. Yes. Most of the time. Most yes. of the time. It's always cold. They come a lot of it. And Tony is very good at taking a lot of leftovers for us. <laughs> she's our, she's, she's much better about it. I mean, we do eat when we do go to shoots from time, you know, but, you know, obviously it, sometimes it can be too much. And, and Tony graciously helps us out with that. <laughs> it all comes down to time as well. If we have another shoot that we're running to, we might not have the chance to eat. But it's also very important to the owners that um, we try their food because if we're posting about it and there are clients, we should at least know what we're consuming and what we're, we're telling other people to try. I try to eat at every restaurant we go to. Tyler's good about it, too. <laughs> but the food is always, if you want to be a foodie, I, I would say you better get used to eating cold food because it takes a long time to shoot it. And by the time you get to eat it, it's usually not as fresh as you want it to be. So that is, uh, for sure every foodie can attest to enjoying cold food and leftovers more than the I average person. The key is getting an air fryer. Yeah, <laughs> air fryer. That, air fryer is, that is the secret. That has been food. very a lifesaver with all of us, I believe. So we all own air fryers. I will convince anybody who doesn't have an air fryer to buy an air fryer. That's the only kitchen appliance that you need. Damn. I don't have one yet. Now I'm sold. Well, we're going to get you one. <laughs> okay. We're going to kind of wrap it up and go into questions. Um, unless there's kind of anything else you guys wanted to bring up. You usually can't shut us up. So yeah. I know. What the fuck? <laughs> okay. All right. Maybe this will kick into the gear. We're going to go to some questions now. Um, number one, if there was a Hollywood Jump Force movie, who would play the part of Mindy Rogers? Gwyneth Paltrow. Oh, Gwyneth wow. Paltrow. <laughs> Just an elegant lady. <laughs> I could see that. I didn't think about that. I was thinking Emma Stone, but. Oh, that one. That's, 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 that's a good one. That's, yeah, that's the straight doppelganger. That's the, that's the doppelganger version of, of the actress. Yeah, and then maybe like later years, it, it could be like Nicole Kidman when she's like <laughs> old. I, <don't> know. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Number two, which team member would most likely lead jump out of a tropical jungle with no supplies? Tropical jungle. Jeremy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Jeremy is part of everything. He won't know what to do. Absolutely. You have to climb a mountain and carry us out individually. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Shout out to Jeremy. Number three, who has the biggest monthly Postmates bill? Paul. Well, maybe no, I think it might be me, though. Yeah, Paul or Emily. Emily, or Emily. Paul and Emily, how about that? Is it all food with Paul and Emily, or are you guys getting like ping pong tables and stuff? <laughs> all food. Grocery orders and stuff. <laughs> I really? order like honey and like, you know, grocery items too, but. <laughs> Paul orders like entire feasts. Just, just. He does. Like, I mean, he will. He'll, he'll order for like eight people just on the quantity for one order. Mine is spread out over a daily type of situation. 
Yeah, I've seen Paul's spreads in the office and it looks ridiculous. I'm like, how many people are there? You know, and so like, me. <laughs> he has a hard time convincing us to take that many leftovers a lot of times. Sure, I could see that. Number four, steaks generally perform great on social media. Uh, what the fuck's up with Korean barbecue and why is it so tough in Las Vegas? You know, I feel like we kind of broke through on it a little bit. Um, it's still a struggle, I'm not gonna lie, um, but we have like on Hanyu, we've, I think we've kind of made some progress as far as Korean barbecue goes. Like in, in Vegas, like everyone already knows about all the Korean barbecue places and what's good. So like when you're like looking for it, like even when I'm looking, I'm, I don't know what a good steak is because I, I don't usually spend like $100 plus on a steak. But like Korean barbecue, you just kind of already know like the, the four places that you're going to go to. But I would also say that like a lot of people are still sensitive to seeing raw meat. Um, and so we learned that if we show them what the dish is going to look like first, then show them the process of cooking, it's usually better than then if we just start out with showing them the raw meat. Okay. <laughs> I, need these, I need these tips too. You guys recently did a shoot at Las Vegas Mini Grand Prix, which included a bunch of Elvis, people dressed up like Elvis and some other cool stuff. Did you guys set that all up? Did you guys have to find the Elvis people and all that stuff and logistics? So that was a charity um, occasion that they had put together. Um, I think it was for a national nonprofit. Was it nonprofit day? Yeah. Julie? Um, and, and it happened to have landed on Elvis's or it was it birthday or I think day of his passing. So one of those things. But um, so they put that together and those were all heads uh, from different charities around Las Vegas. And they were all racing for, to raise money for their charities. So That's it was crazy. a great cause and it was super cool and super fun. Um, and we got a lot of fun content from that day, even though it was very hot. <laughs> it looked hot, yeah. Um, what's, the, what's your favorite frequently played song in The Office? I That's feel Always, it's always that little Nas X song. It's the first, like, we just go, hey, Alexa, play Nas music. That's <laughs> on, like, right away. Well, Tony and I have actually been on the hunt for our new karaoke playlist for our next outing, though. So we've been listening to a lot of 90s alternative, just in preparation. So get ready. <laughs> All right. I'm ready. And, and for the record, Jules Kim is an excellent singer. Yeah, she's not invited. <laughs> <laughs> it makes us look bad. It's really funny because uh, and I like country music, but we already know when it comes on Alexa, Emily's going to pass on that. So it's never country <laughs> I music. I didn't know you liked it. I just thought it was on there by accident. So I'm like, you know. <laughs> I literally listen to it when you're not in the office. That's why it plays it so much. Oh, no. Okay, I apologize for that. By I had no idea. Force, we throw killer karaoke parties. So if you haven't gone to one, you should come to yep. one. Haven't been invited. Oh, Get ready to stay out late. <laughs> just joking. I got invited. I just had my kid that night. <laughs> yeah, karaoke queue is so much of a better time than Kamu in, to me. Wow. You spent, what, nine hours there? I was going to until like three in the morning last time. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that was a record, personal record for. They're probably for like, oh, can you just go? <laughs> I thought they were just going to eat the food, Jays. <laughs> okay, so you guys have collectively shot and eaten at pretty much 
all of the station casino restaurants, what's your favorite one? That's hard. Oyster bar. Yeah. Oyster bar is good. Yeah. What is it? The, the, the uh, uh, pan roast. I actually really like Austria Fiorella as well. Oh yeah. Yeah. Their pasta. That's yeah. Yeah. Chef Mark's the man. Mm -hmm. So what about you, Tony? I love blue ribbon sushi and their honey fried chicken with the wasabi. Oh my goodness. So good. <laughs> so good. Okay. Another red rock. Um, I, I would say Palace Station Oyster Bar all the way. It's just a classic. But uh, I always get I always get their um, clam chowder. I'm like pretty basic. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I try that. I'm a clam chowder addict. Julie, how about you? I feel like I'm pretty basic too. I like Palace Station Oyster Bar, but I low key miss the station's buffet. <laughs> I used okay. to go there with my mom, and it was like. Six ninety nine for breakfast or something, and I would just go and just grab that real quick. Nice. All Maybe right. they'll bring back the buffets. If you could, would you rather have ten million followers on Instagram or TikTok right now? Instagram. 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 I'm gonna see Instagram too. Interesting. I think 10 million means a lot more on Instagram. Can I just have five million on each? Is that <laughs> <laughs> this isn't a negotiation. No. Hundred thousand on TikTok is like ten thousand on Instagram. Right. Yeah. I kind yeah. of feel the same. Way. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I feel like that's yeah. like ten million. Hundred yeah, K is the new ten K. Yeah. Ten million okay. on Instagram is like super celebrity, whereas like on on TikTok, maybe you're like in with all the rest of the you know the younger. You kids. just had a really good post go viral. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. What's the best part of working at Jump over your old gig? The free computer equipment. <laughs> Just, <laughs> I, I think uh, the relationships is probably, I've never had a job where I was friends with everybody that I worked with. And I, I honestly feel like I'm pretty close friends with like every single person I work with, at least on some level. Like, usually, a job, usually a job like someone that you're like, oh, I know, I didn't know you felt this way. <laughs> you guys don't know how much I actually hate people. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm a grumpy person. Just, I just like everybody that at work. But yeah, no, I, I think that we all have, like you said, the, the, I think the, the biggest thing about Jump is our relationships. And if you don't meld with us, you find out pretty quick. But we pretty much meld with anybody. That's mine. I my favorite thing about working for Jump is probably the community because we're just inclusive of everyone who's in the foodie world, even people who don't work for Jump. Um, I just think that we're like, we're creating a foodie family in, in Vegas and like other cities will look at it and kind of be like, what's that? We really like that. Like relationships with everybody, just, you know, working with your friends. It's hard to say that you do that with most things in this world. and. With Jump Forest, you can literally say you're working with your friends. And when food's included, it's a party. I think my favorite part about working for Jump versus my previous position, uh, I, I love our clients. Like I love that we get to work with so many different types of people and get to learn about different businesses, industries. And I really enjoyed that. Um, as far as our team, I think like what everyone said, we're all friends, so that's really nice. And I feel like we have this like all in, all win mentality where we're all helping each other. Like Emily said, there's a lot of crossover with the different roles that we have, but we're all in it ultimately to make our clients successful and to make Jump a success as well. I have to agree with all the sentiments uh, everyone said about, you know, I love the clients, I love the people, I love 
the variety, but also the flexibility. I really, really treasure that. Coming from a corporate environment, it was always just really hard to have that type of like you time. And I can really schedule things around things that are important to me in my personal life as well as my work life. So I find that to be really great. I mean, obviously I work a lot more than I did, you know, in a nine to five job. I'm answering emails at 11 p.m., you know, sometimes I'm, you know, working on a sauna tasks at 3 a.m. when I can't sleep. Um, but I don't hate it and I don't resent it in any way. So I think that's great, right? <laughs> that's the goal. Totally. I love that too. Yeah, I, I came from a corporate thing as well. And and the fact that you can get away and shoot, go to some restaurant at four o'clock now and everyone supports it. It's pretty awesome. So, okay. Well, thanks for being a part of this. This is the first time we've done a, a multi-way uh, podcast. Hope you guys learned something, took something away from it. If you are interested in possibly considered as to work with Jump, DM Jump Force on IG. Anything else you guys want to plug before we wrap it up? Go see I Illuminate at Stratosphere. Yes. <laughs> yeah, starting well, yeah. Vegas on Instagram and TikTok. Yeah. <laughs> Bring the family to Las Vegas Me Grand Prix if you haven't been in a while. Follow everybody on Instagram. <laughs> okay, thanks for doing this, guys. I appreciate Thank it. Thanks you. for listening. Thank and you. then uh, till the next episode, see you next week. Thanks for tuning into the Las Vegas Phil Food and Social Podcast. For more information about me and where I've been dining recently, check out my Instagram and TikTok at Las Vegas Phil, or feel free to drop me an email at lasvegasphil at gmail.com.